Good morning, everyone. Joining me on the line is the president and CEO of Constantine Mining Company, Garfield McVeigh. Good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, pleased to be online here with you. Now, there's a project here in Southeast that Garfield will be speaking on here in a moment, but I wanted to ask about you. You've been with the company since 2006. What got you interested? Well, it's, uh, my interest in Palmer actually goes way back. It goes back to 1993 uh, because we had a chance to visit the, um, and evaluate the project uh, long before any discoveries were made on it, except for some surface discoveries by a local uh, uh, prospector, Merrill Palmer, who the project is, is, is named after. And when we evaluated the project, we saw a huge potential there back as far as 1993. And ultimately, with, uh, uh, with other companies actually having acquired the project and adding some additional information, ultimately the prospector came back to us um, to offer us a deal on the property, and um, and really ever since that time, uh, you know we've we've kind of consistently moved the project down the road um, to to where it is now. So it was just the setting of the project and the familiarity with the um, with the environment of these particular types of deposits that we had a lot of lot of comfort in. And. So tell us about Constantine. I understand you operate in the state and in the lower 48? That's correct. We've uh, more recently in the last couple of years we've we've acquired some additional assets in the lower 48, but really the the flagship project in Constantine itself was formed around the Palmer project in 2006. And um with with kind of the original funding for Constantine of about two million dollars or just over two million dollars, we were able to make the the main main Palmer discoveries uh, Palmer discovery in two thousand and seven and two thousand and eight. So um, starting from kind of no resources whatsoever um, over the since that those original discoveries in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, we've now discovered two deposits. That um, that offer the opportunity to evaluate them for their their economic potential um, uh, by by actually heading towards a feasibility study on the on the projects. So yes, let's talk about the Palmer project. It, and now it's up in the Chilkat River, correct? That's right. The Clahini, where it's a branch off the uh, the Clahini's a branch off the Chilkat. Uh, Above Cluckwan, and then the deposit itself is up uh, is up Glacier Creek Valley, uh, several miles. And it's mining for copper, zinc, silver, and gold. How big is the deposit? Well, right now we've what I would say the global resource is, is roughly four million tons. That consists of um, of roughly ten million uh, tons, uh, um, uh, ten million tons of inferred or uh, let's say 9 million tons of inferred and 5 million tons of indicated. So we've got two categories of, of ore that reflect kind of their, the, the degree of certainty of, that, um, uh, of, the, uh, of the resource right now. So the inferred is a, it's a lower category and the indicated is a higher category of resource. And how many jobs will be generated from this mine, would you say? Well, the you know we we have done a, um, a, a preliminary economic analysis, which is it's a conceptual plan that kind of is your original guidance as to how 
the project, how robust the project would be, and 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 does it justify moving it down the road um, towards feasibility? And that that the PEA study in suggests around 260 full-time jobs, and obviously a lot of other spin-off jobs from that, and and contractor jobs as well. So it's a it's a significant opportunity for employment um, and and a very a wide variety of jobs actually in 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 the Haynes area and I think it's a comparison you know when you look at um, at Kensington or Greens Creek we're looking at something very similar it's underground high grade and um, and yeah the scale of the project is 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 quite similar and that's in near the Juneau area, whereas this is further up northern Lynn Canal. Well, this is further up the Lynn Canal. Yeah, that's right. We're up out of Haines, about 40 miles to the northwest of Haines, um, off the Haines Highway, and then connected by some some good logging roads right to the deposit area. Um, whereas, obviously, um, uh, Greens Creek is right out of Juneau, and um, Kensington is just to the north of you there. Might there be some access since there's a state road nearby there for this mine? Oh, yeah. One of the great things about Palmer is the access, Kevin. It's, uh, you know, you've got, the, you've got the Haynes Highway to 26 Mile, which is a good paved road that's having $100 million upgrade uh, spent on it right now. And then from there, we've got a, a new bridge that has been built across the Clahaney River to service uh, the people that are living on the... Uh, on the south side of the Clahaney, and then there's good gravel roads, uh, basically right to the Big Nugget Camp, which was a historic placer mining operation that still produces gold, and and then from there um, up up to Glacier Creek Valley, where we've actually uh, built a section of road uh, right to the area that we will ultimately be accessing. Um, um, providing a drill platform for exploration underground. So, yeah, the road access is a, is a really essential part of a project like this because ultimately you have to move a lot of concentrate to to a distribution point, and Tidewater is always the best area. Obviously, if you can get the quicker you can get the uh, concentrate on the ship, the better it is. And you had mentioned your partner, Doa Metals, earlier. Tell us about their part in this venture. Well, Doa is a well-known uh, company. Uh, you know, when they were a world leader in metal recycling and waste treatment, and, uh, um, you know, they operate some of the most technologically advanced, environmentally sound smelting and refining complexes in the world. And, and they, they have one of the larger zinc smelters in Japan, the Akita smelter that's actually integrated with the recycling uh, smelter. So their history, um, uh, their history goes back over 140 years, actually, um, and their early history was tied into kind of finding and mining and producing and smelting uh, uh, ores of this type. So they have this huge history that's, that's, uh, that we benefit from. And um, and plus the fact that they're you know they're they're um, uh, you know they're very environmentally sound smelting and refining complexes they're really just the ideal partner for for Constantine we feel in the in the uh, in the Palmer project and the uh, environmental setting that we're in so they they offer a huge amount of of the 
exploration expertise historically, but also the environmental expertise uh, um, where they produce really, you know, are very sensitive to, to producing environmentally sensitive and, and also products plus also recycling, uh, recycling of uh, resource-generated products. Now, I understand the announcement was made recently that $18 billion will be invested towards the project. You, you had said this is the largest budget and program towards the project. Uh, why the large investment at this time? Well, it's, 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 the, it's the nature of our business that as you move a project down the road, it gets the costs become more expensive. And um, for Constantine, really, this is the setup year to move the project into, into a period that we're essentially we see it as a five-year period to get us to, to, um, to feasibility. And so the kind of work that's required this year, there's a, for example, there's a, a construction phase of the program that consists of uh, upgrading um, uh, our portal access road, um, the last, essentially the last about less, somewhat less than a mile of our portal access road, um, so that we've got a grade of about 10 to 12 percent. It's a switchback section, so money is going to be spent there. Um, the other construction facilities that uh, are planned to be built pending um, um, uh, regulatory approval is our, our wastewater design discharge system. And so that, that part of the um, construction would be involved. We also, to, for the underground exploration um, work that is, is uh, planned for 2023, we need a construction camp for that. And um, so that 56, 50 to 60 person camp will be um, will will be uh, put in place this year uh, and possibly earlier next year for the um, uh, to support the underground exploration activity. And then ongoing as well, exploration is still a very important part of the uh, you know of the of the Palmer project. We have huge exploration potential even very close to where we will initiate our underground work. And so we'll be continuing to do, you know, surface mapping and evaluation, and we have a proposed drilling program as well this year, over and above the construction that I've, you know, that, that, is, um, that is a major part of our budget this year. So it's just a lot more going on to, to get us well prepared for, for the 2023 underground exploration program. And... You know, one of the one of the things is Palmer's always been a seasonal project up to now, so you really got to make hay when the sun shines and the snow is gone, and so you've you've essentially only got you know four months or so to to accomplish as much as you can um, to to get things done in in a particular field season. Um, once we get into underground, however, uh, which we anticipate starting in mid-2023, then, then uh, you know, we, there will be the opportunity to work, um, to work year-round. Well, very good. And you, you had mentioned it in multiple parts of the program today, but I wanted to give you a moment here. What would you say to the concerns that have been raised in the area about the environmental impact? It sounds like Constantine's taking a lot of care into that area. Yeah, and I, I think that's what people have to know is we're, you know, we're putting in every effort 
possible to to make this an environmentally sound project and we're quite confident that we can do that and uh, you know even even for example this initial underground exploration phase you know pe- people see this phase as a mine but it's not a mine yet it's part of the program that we need to carry out to determine ultimately if it is a mine and so this phase of the program does not enter the deposit or the mineralized rock at all. It's strictly a, uh, an exploration, underground exploration program that gives us a drill platform to to be able to define uh, and upgrade the down dip deeper part of the resource. So, uh, so at this stage, we're still in the in the learning process to see how feasible the the operation will be, and we'll learn more about the rocks and the water quality as we do this. But prior, really, to to carrying out this exploration program, we've done a huge amount amount of uh, of uh, hydrological work and rock quality work to understand, for example, where the exploration um, uh, ramp, uh, you know, the rocks that it will intersect and the water quality it will intersect, and you know, we have. Lot we've collected a huge amount of information now that that makes us quite comfortable that that um, this phase of the project at this time will not have any impact any significant impact on the environment and I think it's also important to realize that uh, with the underground access one of the things that we do is is we 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 uh, over and above the existing understanding of the geology and the um, the hydrology that we've got, we will we will um, uh, drill holes in advance of any of the underground development to qualify and 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 be confident in our interpretation as as the uh, underground exploration ramp advances. So we'll we'll have solid information all the way along to to. Confirm the rock quality and the and the hydrology and the um, and and for example any underground water that you may uh, you may hit underground we'll know the water quality of that well ahead of any any uh, or confirm that water quality well ahead of uh, any of the exploration development going in place and so if there's any variation that we see we we can make adjustments to manage that and for example for water inflows into the underground. Um, you you have the opportunity to know ahead of time where those water inflows may come, and you have the opportunity to grout, uh, in other words, seal off that that area from from water flow um, at the time uh, and prepare for that before the underground uh, development actually intersects that particular area. So um, so that's an important element, and then. With the water discharge that will come from underground, um, we've we've put in a series of monitoring wells, and 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 again, you know, we 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 have a, um, um, a, a we've submitted a, a, a our application for the redesign of the what we call our LAD or our land application discharge system, and so. This this is a, a discharge system that uh, where we discharge water through buried pipes that are perforated into the ground, and um, and and so this discharge system we've drilled monitoring wells up up um, up elevation from it and down elevation that will continually water 
monitor the water quality. So we're determining the water quality before any water is ever discharged, and we're that's being established continuously as the as the project uh, uh, you know as the project advances. And so, and and the regulatory authorities require they develop what we call trigger trigger limits so that if there's any if there's any indication of a change in the under in the water quality from these monitoring wells then we have the ability to react right away to that we don't suspect that at all but but we're really well set up to manage uh, um, you know any any changes or any any situation where where water quality uh, could would could or would potentially become an issue and so that is part of the ultimate plan going into into the mine here that that wastewater plan those address what you've just addressed but we don't have pickaxes and dirt yet for example that that comes later yeah, no, that's right. The original plan is not to mine. It's just to develop, uh, you know, we'll, we'll excavate a tunnel in good quality rock, what I call good quality quarry rock, that uh, we, it's going to be great for road fill and, and other things like that. We know the geology and have drill information already to indicate that. So we know the waste rock that will be coming out from this original underground development that will not access the deposit is very good quality and will be very useful useful rock for um, for some of the construction that we require um, uh, so yeah so that's uh, you know the, the pick the the mining part of it is down the road uh, post feasibility and the feasibility is five years down the road um, that determines whether uh, you know you you've got a, a project that's economically viable so so there's still lots of time and lots of information that will be collected to determine the uh, um, you know the various aspects of a of an actual mining operation. Well, we'll be back with Constantine's Garfield McVeigh after the break. Stay tuned. We're back with Constantine Mining Company. The company's president and CEO Garfield McVeigh joins us. As the listeners may know, it's Mining Month, and Garfield, how does a company such as yours celebrate this month? Well, I think you, you get out there and you, you you tell your story and you you support the uh, the groups that 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 are supporting the industry and and providing good sound information to the industry. I think that's all part of of, of a responsibility of the various companies that that work in Alaska. And um, you know, I so I, I I think that's you know that's a big part of it. And Palmer and um, and Constantine and and Doa have a have a great project outside of Haines that looks like it's uh, it may be a, a major contributor to to um, to uh, copper and and zinc metals that are that are needed. Um, uh, for everyday living, so uh, so you know that's that's part of our story and and part of what uh, what mining month uh, what mining month means. And Southeast Alaska has quite the history tied with mining. What potential do you see for the industry in this region? Well, in Southeast, I think it's you know it's. Uh, there's lots of both gold and base metal potential with these high-grade, um, uh, um, what 
we call volcanogenic uh, uh, base metal deposits, with, with which are generally copper and zinc rich. But if you look at Greens Creek, it's also a spectacular. It not only produces uh, it, uh, not so much copper, a lot of zinc, but uh, very high grade silver and gold. You look at Kensington, that's uh, that's a high grade gold producer. You look at the past history in the southeast, like the the AJ mine right out of Juneau there, that. Uh, Waste rock from the AJS is basically used to establish the waterfront in Juneau, uh, and and it's it was a three million plus ounce gold producer with a lot of byproduct silver, and so you've got that. You know what that tells you is there's lots of potential in southeast for um, for for these particular kinds of deposits, and the Palmer project is is an example of one of the more recent discoveries that's that's um, being advanced uh, to feasibility that ultimately could not, could make a, a huge contribution to southeast. But obviously, you know, on the bigger scale, Alaska is a, is, is, is a big space. It's a huge space. And, you know, you've got the oil and gas, the North Slope. You've got companies like Tech, one of the world's great uh, great sink mines at Red, Red Dog that has been mining, um, um, you know, has been a solid... Uh, 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 miner in in the in in the northwest of Alaska for many years now, um, in, and you know prospects like for example Donlin that's a huge huge gold deposit uh, um, that Electrum and Barrick are partners in, and and so you just look and and all kinds of other exploration projects right now. I look at for example the High Gold project on the southwest of Anchorage and. Uh, uh, you know, they're just when you when you look at the opportunity, Alaska, it's huge, and that's uh, I think it's an important element. Uh, you know, uh, about Alaska, and I think the other important thing about Alaska is the regulatory system. It's a very very uh, solid regulatory regulatory system that's extremely demanding, and um, it is very it is a very difficult permitting process. But uh, you know, it's we feel it's one worth fighting through because it's in the end you have something that you know has will t- will uh, uh, stand the test of time in our opinion so um, I think the Alaskans should be proud of the regulatory system that you know that, that controls their the resource environment in uh, in Alaska and you're just talking the regulations to get a mine started yeah, just the the process that, and the permitting process that you have to go through um, to be able to justify a, a feasible operation. That's the, that's right. It's uh, and the ongoing. I mean, obviously, all all our all your all the Alaskan miners have ongoing, very stringent, ongoing um, regulations that control virtually all of their you know all of their operations on a day to day basis. So it's uh, you know it it's. Um, uh, it, it's a huge, huge part of our job is to be sure that we we safely and environmentally soundly uh, uh, produce from the deposits that, that the Alaskans find. So Garfield, we hear a lot of worker shortages. So for people thinking about mining, what can folk expect when they enter this industry? 
yeah, that's, you know, one of the challenges our industry's got is it is cyclical. It's kind of, you know, the, like a lot of resource industries, farmers, fishermen, you know, you're, it, there's up and downs in the, in the metal prices that affect the um, industry. And right now, uh, for example, one of our challenges uh, uh, when I, when, for the more exploration-focused people are, is, um, is drilling. Uh, you know, there's companies out there that have drills, but there's a huge shortage of, of actual drillers. And so there's, the onus is certainly going to, going to be on, on companies like Constantine and DOA to, to provide training, a huge amount of training opportunities for people um, so that we can satisfy this shortage that's out there. These are good-paying jobs, and um, and uh, and actually they do become very high-skilled jobs with the kind of equipment that's being used right now. So, um, so it, it it has the potential to be a huge benefit for for um, for younger people interested in um, in resource-related work and in particular mining-related work. And mining-wise, at all miners, miners, um, you know, they're with the amount of activity even worldwide right now. Uh, there's 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 a huge demand, so there's a real responsibility for for companies to to continue to develop and to develop uh, training programs that prepare people for the for the kind of work that I think Alaska is going to going to need in the future. They're going to need a lot more of these people to. for Full, uh, fill these jobs. Well, Garfield, I've appreciated the time today. Is there anything you'd like to add that I did not touch on in today's program? No, I think you know. I think we've covered covered um, most of the bases, uh, Kevin. I certainly just want to want to be sure people know that uh, that we're working with a with a partner that's that's committed to absolutely environmentally sound. Um, uh, development as as are we and uh, we have a you know track record right now a Palmer of 16 years of of, of safe and I think environmentally um, a thoughtful uh, work to move the project to where it is now and we'll continue to do that uh, to move the project down the road and continue to respond to people's concerns we we appreciate that this, there's it's a fundamental need to be sure that people understand what we're doing as the project moves ahead and um, and uh, be confident that the project can be developed um, uh, uh, in a very environmentally sensitive fashion. And we're confident that we can do that. Very good. Well, thank you again. Great, Kevin. Appreciate your time. Thank you.